All right, welcome everyone. We have Hepcast coming on right now. I am joined here by Matt Bake Twelve, aka Bark Merley. How you doing, sir? Good. How are you? Good to be here. Oh, uh, good. Uh, unfortunately, we do not have Enoch this week, so I'm gonna be trying to carry the weight here. Um, I can't even. I'm I'm so bad. I don't even remember what episode this is. Um, I want to say it's. Uh, no, this is episode six. So um, we've done an episode here fairly consistently each week of the season uh, since the start of the regular season. And now the regular season has come and gone and the postseason has come and gone. So uh, we'll probably just talk about the uh, playoffs and World Series for both the minors and the majors and some of the, the surprises and takeaways from that and kind of uh, – Go from there, I guess, and maybe a little insight to the off season and uh, S28. So, um, Matt, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. So, uh, let's uh, let's just talk uh, minors quick. Uh, did you have any uh, anything that surprised you or any takeaways um, that you saw in the minors? I guess. So, uh, I'll get it started with this. Pretty much all my uh, minors predictions were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I think that that kind of shows how the PB miners is set up. It's it's so random. Um, like the Hepcats looked like the clear favorite going in um, throughout the season. They had the best record, and then they kind of get like easily easily handed defeat uh, by the Lemurs. So, and the other thing is everyone thought that the lemurs were going to be the best team, uh, all season and they, they kind of underperformed and then they really turned hot in the playoffs. So it just goes to show you that there's ups and downs. Yeah. And you know, the lemurs were a team. Uh, so I do stats as well, um, under, uh, Mike, which is he done leading stats team? Yes. Or is, okay. Anyway. So I had, uh, come up with a bunch of the, the stats and, and predictions and stuff like that for the uh, lemurs. And, and yeah, they on paper, they've been a really good team. Uh, regular season record didn't show it. Uh, but on paper, they've been a really good team. And as I was doing stats and stuff, I was always really hyping around Andrew Myth, who I believe just got called up as well. So congratulations to him. Um, hopefully he does well in the majors there. Uh, but, yeah, I, they've always been – like a really good uh, team on paper and stuff like that. It was just kind of weird how the record didn't come out. But, you know, the, the their crux was pitching. And, and I thought in the postseason, the Lemurs pitching really locked it down. Um, they they had exceptional pitching, and it was just – it was more than just uh, Andrew Myth hitting as well for them. And that's, and that's you know, kind of – what baseball is, I guess, in general, it's a team team sport, and the right people have to be hot at the right time. You know, I one of my favorite teams, or you know, my my teams, I guess. I'm not from the area, but uh, I followed the Denver sports teams, so uh, obviously, I have very fond memories of of Rocktober and and uh, winning. It was back in what 07, I believe, when they went on an absolute tear um, at the in September, and then. All, in October, getting all the way to the World Series just to get swept by the Red Sox, but we won't bring that up. Uh, but that was, uh, you know, kind of what the Lemurs felt like to me in a lot of ways is they got hot 
at the right time. So. Yeah, and I, I think um, what you're saying was right. Like the lemurs, um, Mitch and Davey really kind of built that team um, in their first year around their pitching and then uh, kind of their bats just uh, slowly, like they kind of slowly trick, trickled in their bats. Um, so, yeah, they were really relying on that pitching and they did do really well. Um, but the the Kingpins just, you know, have such a such a deadly lineup. It's it's hard to compete with. Yeah. That. Yeah. And uh, so speaking of pitching, <laughs> um, you know, one of the team's better pitching uh, at pitching probably than the uh, than us, uh, the Hep. Cats, or probably better than the lemurs was us, the Hepcats, um, right? And our pitching completely collapsed against the lemurs, um, mm-hmm. which was just—I mean, it was—it was frustrating because honestly, as a batter, and I'm a little biased, I thought the hitting performed fairly well for how young of a hitting core we have. Um, even in the postseason, you know, I think we what we say, what did we say we had like 25 hits through three games or 24 hits through three games or something, but only scored like one run or something stupid or three runs. Um, it was, it was pretty ridiculous um, against the lemurs in that series, but the lemurs really strung it together. And then, and then, yeah, you touched on it here. So Chicago um, really proved that they were um, probably, probably the best or most well-rounded team in the minors. They had a lot better batting, um, than like us in Kansas City, and even better batting than the uh, Lemurs. Um, they 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 were able to get the pitching again, and I think you know regardless of whether it's uh, IRL baseball or or uh, out of the park, I think pitching is is one of your key elements, especially in the postseason. Um, yeah, I mean, with the uh, stamina factor and everything like that, it's it's a huge it's a huge uh, thing to manage as a general manager and just as a team or in the uh, out of the park here or, or in real life, I guess. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a real life uh, manager, but uh, that's, I mean, pitching always seems to be one of the most critical aspects of a baseball team come postseason time. Definitely. Definitely. And um, you kind of reminded me um, talking about like, how our pitching as the Hepcats kind of fell apart in the post postseason. My my rookie year, we had um, uh, Greg Maddox Jr. and uh, Thomas Palmer, uh, who were a season ahead of me, both capped, and I was um, kind of earning my way. And they just got completely shelled that season. It was. It was a really weird season. It was. It might have been like our worst season um, as Hepcats. We didn't make the playoffs, and the our capped pitchers just got shelled. <laughs> so you never know. Yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange, uh, you know, sim engine luck, and and you know, I think Leather Mike Neck Mike said it too um, on stream or right after the game, and he was trying to hold back his frustrations. I could tell, but uh, you know that that kind of series could have happened at any point in the regular season. And, and oddly enough, Hepcats were nine and three against the lemurs during the regular season with two sweeps in there, I think. So um, it was just kind of odd that, that 
uh, the Hepcats would get swept like that, that we would get swept in such a manner. Um, just because, like, you know, I think that could have easily been a seven-game series, and uh, we'll get into some of our seven-game series later, but I think that could have easily have been a seven-game series, and, and, you know, I didn't expect Hepcats to necessarily, you know, go all the way, all the way, but that could have... Um, I thought it would have been a lot more competitive series, and, you know, as a... Uh, uh, first season in the organization, although I thought I got the feeling that we were overperforming um, in a lot of ways the whole season. I mean, we got the best record in the minors. We were three games short of a 70-game win season with five rookie batters or five first-year batteries in the lineup. Like, that's nothing to turn your nose up over, right? Um, but I just felt like it could have the series could have went out a little bit longer um, just based on how well we were playing in the regular season um but it, that's not the way it always works out so um you know I was uh, cheering for the lemurs because I I kind of wanted to see them be successful with a guy like myth and and that organization but I also have a lot of uh connections to the kingpins organization from other sim leagues and stuff like that so I was happy to see them uh win as well of course um I moosey there uh is a player on my super casual team, believe it or not. So we have a, a, a friendly rivalry um, just because of that. Uh, Hepcats, Kingpins rivalry, but uh, he's good. And then my rookie mentor, excuse me, was uh, Pirate Captain Dom, who was a uh, Kingpin, I believe, as well initially. So um, and he still has that attachment. And that's the cool thing about the Miners, like, like we were talking about off uh, the air here, um, how... PVE has a really good way of getting people hyped and excited and attached to that minor league team, uh, whereas some other sim leagues, you know, the dev league team is kind of a afterthought. Um, and and uh, I don't know what your take is on that. Uh, maybe you could um, splash in some. Um, if there's, I, I don't even know if there's a dev league in ISFL, but uh, I guess that was always kind of my um, takeaway or what. Like what I really, really liked most about the PBE so far is is how excited and and uh, how much you know infrastructure and attachment there is to the miners. Yeah, and I think I think that's really good for our attention as well. Um, and like you mentioned uh, here, the way that it's kind of designed is to have the most actives per team. So you're not yep. playing um, all bots, um, and I think that's kind of uh, where you're talking about the dev league. There's there's a lot of bots because you know you have to field 22 players on a team, not nine, and uh, only a few pitch. Um, so I think just the fact that uh, the roster is a lot smaller, and you know you can have bots pitch as relief pitchers where not as many people will pitch. Um, and then also just, um, you know, there's a lot of people and, and everyone plays in the minors and then you move up to the majors. So it's just a really nice setup and I think it's executed well. So um, speaking of majors, uh, you want to shift gears to that majors uh, World Series, or I guess we could talk about some of the playoffs leading up to it, but that, uh, that World Series was uh, quite something as well. Um, did you have any uh, horse in the race? Or I guess I can't even remember. Are you um, Maui or what? 
what team are you on or bark uh my player my player bark Murley is potential reliever of the year in the legends conference for the providence crabs ah the sea crabs but third worst record in the league so no playoffs for us ah but uh (laughs) yeah but a high draft pick i think um Again, I, I relate a lot to Super Casual because that was one of the first uh, sim leagues that I got super involved with. Um, I think uh, TLK, of course, is on the Crabs, and uh, and I believe um, there's GM Sorry. Yep. Yep. Um, he was also in the Kansas City War Room, right? Yes. And then um, I think uh, Loki is there too, Will Love. Yep, real love, potential rookie of the year. Yeah, and and he's actually a, a player I drafted really really early in um my super casual draft. Uh, probably didn't have to pick him as high, but I really liked the guy from when I first started talking to him. And he was actually uh as I was scouting him for super casual, and I was saying, hey, I'm interested in getting in PBE. He was giving me some feedback on uh, my my player build and stuff like that. And you know, in that first hundred. TPE you get to kind of set up your player. So, um I really like uh really like Loki there. So, but uh okay, so yeah, not the best season for the Crabs, but I guess uh any observations or anything like that from the uh postseason there in general? Uh from the postseason, that every single season postseason in the PBE is insane. Every year, I'm I'm like, all right, this this year's gonna be, um, you know, relaxing. I can put on the stream. I can, uh, you know, clean my house a little bit. <laughs> but just, it's just every year you get all these seven game series, these these walk off home runs. It's it's wild, and I really do, I do wonder if OTP has some kind of modifier for clutch or like something crazy that's gonna happen um yeah and what i was gonna say was i think there's always a moment uh each season in the postseason that people talk about year after year um there's the uh i'm trying to think what season it was but there's these drop drop third strikes where someone comes home and uh walks it off uh richie bonanza home run dub city home run um from their previous year. Yep. And that that moment this year wasn't uh that I remember wasn't actually from the World Series. It was the uh Bobby McDonald home run for uh, San Antonio to come back and then is just such an insane moment, you know, bottom of the lineup and then Acuña Matata gets his first hit. It's like you can't you can't make it make it better. <laughs> yeah. It was just and- such a crazy moment. It's. I think you bring up a good point. Like, I don't know the inner mechanisms of out of the park that well, but like, it it seems too coincidental that there would be all these very very close series in in games. Um, you know, just I'm I'm looking at the recap for Outer Banks again. Congratulations to Outer Banks for back to back, I believe, right? Um, yes, champions, and but they had. Um, every series they had, um, they were playing in an elimination game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like they, they had, they had to go five games against San Antonio. They had to go, um, well, no, I shouldn't say that. 
nope, they they did fo- they forewarned uh, New York. Sorry, Enoch. But uh, they had that first series that went elimination, and then they also had the uh, World Series that came down to Game 7 as well. So, um, I mean, they, it's not like they just ran away with it and, you know, 3 owed this, uh, was it Sloss, San Antonio, and then and then 4 owed mm-hmm. the Outer Bank, or the Voyagers. I mean, they had to kind of, they kind of had to earn it, I guess. Um, and then even in that Game 7 against... Uh, against Indianapolis, against the the Apex there, like, uh, you know, they almost, they almost pissed it down their leg. <laughs> yep. Like, it's, I mean, there's, there's some weird stuff, but let's, uh, let's come back to the, uh, let's come back to the, um, uh, aviators there. What about the, what do you think about Indianapolis? Um, obviously we kind of have, we might have a little bias because, um, we have, Mike so active um in the Hepcats but I'm sure you've you've probably got some other connections so I guess what do you, what do you think of Indianapolis um in this postseason and ultimately they lost in the World Series but personally I felt like they performed really well and had a very very good chance to win it all but um came just a little short and that's just I I'm going to attribute that to like nature of the sim sim luck I guess because I I think they played really well this whole postseason, um, and just a couple things didn't quite fall their way in the World Series. Yeah, and I think um, the the best comparison that I have is Indy really reminds me of the Rays. They pitch really well. They play good defense. Um, they have timely hitting. Yep. Um, and everybody, you know, everybody's hitting on the team. And then OBX is kind of like your Dodgers or uh, your Padres where everything's solid, but like they just crush the ball. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think, I think Miss has done a really good job as the GM. Uh, they were uh, I'm not sure which season expansion they were in, but um, they've probably had the most uh, success uh, from that season. Uh, I want to. I'm not sure if New Orleans was in that expansion, but you know they've kind of both been uh, competing with each other as like the best expansion teams, and um, you know they're 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 going to keep going. That's the thing is they're they're on the trend up. Um, yeah, that's. And... I don't know the exact path of uh, OBX, but uh, yeah, that's the thing I've gathered from Indy is that they are on that upswing so to be this successful and go this deep in the po- in the playoffs with a lot of room to grow um is very dangerous um I guess or I mean it's great for them dangerous for the rest of the league right so um the only um the only thing is I think uh Hummus God's player retired right yes so he... I, I don't know how big of shoes those are to fill um not very how, yeah <laughs> <laughs> if if regression was starting to kill him because he was old um so it'd be interesting to see um how they kind of build this off season like you said if they're if they already have a good young core that are on the upswing um be interesting to see what acquisitions they make to uh drive that home that's kind of like in the same point where I'm at like in my super casual team is like I've got a lot of really good young players and I'm looking for like that one key acquisition to just push things over the edge right 
Yeah, definitely. I'm just pulling up their um, compendium to see. So, yeah, Bentley would pretty much lose <laughs> close to half of his stuff because he's season 13. Ooh. So he started regressing around season 24. Um, but, you know, they have Bovo, who um, is getting up there. Um, Milanos is still improving. He's like probably their top reliever. And then uh, Dogwood Maple's really good. I'm not sure if they'll they'll probably keep him in the starting rotation, but uh, he worked really well out of the pen in the playoffs. Uh, and then they'll probably try and build a little bit through the draft or free agency. You never know. It's definitely a desirable destination at the moment. So, um, what do you think? Um, kind of shifting gears, and you talked about free agency and off season. So, I had a I don't know. What what the verdict is on like the the S twenty eight class, which would have been the like S twenty seven minors or however you however you think of it, right? So like last year's minors draft is now in this year's majors draft, which I think will be streamed in a week or so, um, something like that. But uh, um, I guess so. The the word on the street and kind of what I'm seeing, I won't go into specifics, is that this uh, S29 class is a little bit weaker, or at least from a population perspective. Maybe there's going to be a few like high flyer players. I think there's a few recreates in it that'll probably be really good. But um, I guess is there kind of like a a lag time or like do you do you see that going into the majors? Like the weaker that that uh, first minors draft is and the year after after when they get drafted into the majors does that is that kind of show itself um there as well so like a team like i don't know any any team i guess that's trying to rebuild or recuperate some older players it's like well um i can get one more season but the the s uh 29 draft is going to be this weaker um minors draft that's upcoming right now so I mean, do you think teams are looking at it like that, or or do they just have to try to supplement with free agents, or um, you know what? I guess what have you seen since you've kind of been in war rooms and scouting and whatnot? Yeah, it's kind of a a combination of both, but it it, it seems like uh, you're talking about the the current miners draft or your. Yeah, so I was just kind of comparing, but like the current Myers draft seems to be a little weaker from a, just a population perspective, um, and and maybe some of the, uh, and, and there are some few some recreates that will probably be very, um, good. So like, it might be like a top heavy draft class, or like there might be a a handful of really really good picks, but like the depth. Whereas like my draft class, I felt like was fairly deep across the board, um, and I think we went. 40 picks or so whereas this one yep. doesn't look like we'll we'll be in like the 30 low 30s maybe or like high 20s i can't can't remember the exact like um uh class i guess or how many or head count so i guess i didn't know if that kind of had like because you get drafted to the majors a year after the minors if it's like a weaker class if that there's like that one year lag time and then you know like the class we're seeing through the minors now is going to eventually hit the majors next year um or at least drafted um in the major side and if 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 you're kind of 
got a pulse if you're in the majors if you got a pulse on the minors draft happening right now and kind of understanding that okay well if this is a weaker's draft for the minors right now that means the the s29 draft for this s29 class is going to be weaker too yeah it it, it does there you know i've i've actually tried to like look into okay like do we want to trade out of this draft because it's a little bit smaller we don't think we're going to be able to get a good uh second or third round pick that has right value. so like if you think say for example this s28 class is significantly better than the s29 right. class because you've already seen the s28 class come across um a little bit and then you see this s29 draft happening um in the minors and you you know is it worth trading s29 assets up for you know something in the S twenty eight draft here come you're going on right now offline, but streaming streaming next week, or you know trading your S twenty nine draft assets for like the future. I guess I didn't know if you got involved in any of any of that kind of stuff as you kind of see the the, um, the the scouting and the and the draft boards and all that kind of come across. Yeah, definitely, it it helps a lot to be involved in the minors like we are, and a lot of. Uh, majors GMs and where members are where they see these players that you know they were looking at for that minors draft and then they see them through that full season they see that they're you know writing media uh, earning um, and so and then they're looking at this new draft and saying hmm you know maybe we can get a little bit of better value well, well, we, we might give up um, you know a, a pick or two but we really think we can like this is our guy. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely um, a thought. But then to counter that, there's there's always diamonds in the rough. Um, yep. I remember when we were drafting your class, I was like, man, like I don't know if this this class is gonna you know make it through like and have you know second round value. But it's just you know you see these people earn and and they really surprise you. Yeah. Uh, there's only and so much that you can get out of out of a scouting conversation uh, like i like to stick to uh you know five or six questions to to not really take up the time of someone too much uh it's kind of like a pain in the neck to answer uh you know 10 gms the same question so i kind of like to put my own spin on it and yeah be quick and concise so no and i think that's i think that's the right approach just um as a GM who's done scouting in other leagues and 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 being on the other end of of, of scouting, it's it definitely does get a little tedious. But uh, no, I I think that's a good point. And I'm a little biased to my draft class, but I see like I thought we had a really really good draft, um, Epcats wise, um, for the batters, you know, because I think I was the last pick in the second round, and we got Pryor, um, in back to back picks on 21. And then, and then my favorite story and and uh, great locker room guy Kent Murphy the third <laughs> with the second to last pick, like so yeah, there's there's definitely diamonds in the rough, but you, you kind of to me, I guess getting back to the original point, it's like there's to me there's like an odds game or like a numbers game to it, right? So that class had forty some people or you know thirty some people, I can't remember the exact number. I think we went four full rounds of ten last year minors draft i could be wrong um and maybe there were more people but nobody wanted to keep 
drafting because they weren't in the servers anymore or whatever. But, uh, you know, that was, say, a class of 40, whereas this miner's draft is like a class of 20-something, maybe like 32 or so. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. So, like, that just, to me, it limits the odds or kind of puts the odds um, not in favor of this class being as strong just because you don't have as many chances, I guess, or many, you know, prob much probability of getting that diamond in the rough just because there aren't as many people. But it, yep. it, it's a weird game, and I'm and I'm very excited for myself and my player to get drafted um, in my first uh, shot at PvE here. And, and hopefully... Um, everyone else is as well that are from my class and uh, and hopefully the uh, the new miners uh, or the new to be minor leaguers also getting drafted right before the majors um, are also excited to to get in the league and I think and I mentioned this before but I think a lot of it um, and how the success of a player does and you know who's a diamond in the rough and or versus a bust is it a lot of it is that that organization. I think the Hepcats have a really good organization of kind of inundating people and getting them excited and and brought into the league, right? So I think that's uh I think that's a key element is having a good locker room and a good culture to um get people involved and make them want to be involved because the PBE can be very overwhelming um at first with its uh forum nature and and how the, the ways you have to do things aren't always intuitive to somebody very new and outside looking in. Like I, I struggled personally uh, with PBE initially just because I thought it was a really weird layout. Like I don't think I did. I think I missed out like on two or three weeks of activity checks because I just like there's just things I didn't know any better about and and like some of the stuff was clunky. Like I saw the videos, so I earned like seven million, I think, just doing the tasks but like i you know there were some things i just didn't didn't know and then and then you work with a the with the guys like twitchy and enoch um who explain things really well and and help things out um that that to me makes a big difference whereas if you get into an organization where you don't have that support structure i think it's pretty easy to just fizzle out and not want to be involved in the league so um, yeah for sure. And the other thing is, is um, I remember when I first joined, I joined like right, uh, I think it was actually right after the trade deadline, like right when the playoffs were happening. So there was literally nothing for me to do. And I was just looking, I was like, you know, looking on the forums and it was also like the holidays. So I pretty much went out and said, listen, I have nothing else to do. I'm just going to try and figure this out. But other people you know, you, you might have work the next week and, or, you know, it's in the middle of the season and, and uh, people are busy, you know, yep. getting ready for the playoffs or the end of the season. So they might take a little while to respond. So, Well, and some people have other sim leagues to exactly. uh, take care of. So do you want to talk at all about uh, ISFL and, and some of the things that you do there and, um, you know, any similarities, I guess? Uh, between the leagues, I know there's some like tasks that cross over and stuff like that. But you want to you want to talk about ISFL at all? I mean, we've talked about other leagues. I think we had we had uh, can't think of the user right now. Um, but it's a uh, it's a uh, his player is uh, uh, Tig O'Sullivan, Tig Big Rig O'Sullivan. 
Um, and mm -hmm. he's a great guy and SHL guy. So I don't know if we've talked a lot about ISFL. I think we did a little bit with Leatherneck Mike, but uh, um, yeah, do you have, you want to talk about anything ISFL related? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I'll kind of talk about how I went about joining. Um, I started here in PB uh, last December, and I was like, didn't really know too much about ISFL. And then we drafted Maverick Smoltz, uh, users Tonesy. And he came in talking about it. And I was like, oh, huh, that sounds interesting. But I kind of like just kept it in the back of my mind. Uh, and I, I, I think maybe the last time I was on like a podcast with Enoch and Mike way back when I was a rookie so I was probably back in January uh, and I was like I, I don't think there's any way that I could find time for another sim league uh, but then I kind of got the hang of everything um, got like my updating down to a schedule yep. and so I was like okay I have extra time let's see what else I can do and so I kind of jumped into the ISFL uh, season 30 and Ended up getting drafted to uh, Bondi Beach, which Al Dorian, who is a member of the Hepcats War Room, kind of oh, yeah. snuck me in there because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I was just going in blind, not really telling too many people. So ended up there um, and then moved on to the Otters, also due to Al Dorian. <laughs> uh, so I've been there for just two seasons. Um, they're a little bit longer seasons, right? Like regular season through off season ISFL is. I th I actually think that they're either one week offset, like they're one week longer, or they fit in perfectly because we're just about to start our preseason. Oh, okay. For ISFL and uh, PB is just starting their off season, so it, okay. it kind of works good. Um, lines everything up. Um, and yeah, so I, I kind of have everything built into, all right, I'm going to do my updates for ISFL today and, um, yeah. do I my updates for a... PB a different day and, uh, uh, I'm an updater in the ISFL, so I just sure. do my, well, that's a, everything kind of lines up really well, which is props and that to works both out really well. head office. Mm -hmm. That works out really well. I think developing that routine, kind of like what you're getting at is, is, is key kind of understanding okay like for me i'm kind of unfortunately like a procrastinator so it's like oh it's sunday and i haven't done anything for pbe and and if i don't or it's like saturday night i haven't done anything for pbe so if i don't then bts is gonna yell at me you know to update <laughs> so um be very nice to your updaters and um you know if anyone from isfl is listening and matt's your updater just be nice to him so <laughs> uh but yeah i think that's a uh I think that's the most important thing is like at first you don't think you have a lot of time because it's really overwhelming. It's kind of like getting a new job, like everything's kind of new and overwhelming. And then as you get kind of inundated, then things get simpler and smaller and, and easier to digest, I guess. So that's what I found at least. I'm like, oh my God, there's so many pages and posts and forums and everything. Like, I don't how am I going to keep any of this straight? And then it's like, okay, you digest it down into bite-sized pieces, you kind of, you do everything one week, and then you start building the habit, and then and then it's not too bad. So, 
now you're in ISFL war rooms and we talked a little bit about PBE scouting. Um, do you kind of the same approach for ISFL scouting? You know, you obviously want to reduce the bots or, you know, reduce the low TPE players as much as possible and, and, and try to get active, you know, players that are good users and good locker room presences. So, um, you know, do you have kind of the same approach, I guess, in PBE scout or ISFL scouting? Yeah, ISFL scouting is a little bit different because, um, there, for one, there's a lot bigger classes, um, just due to the fact that more people like football, um, and uh, I think they actually get a little bit. I'm not sure who who like how they get their recruiting done. I think it's mostly through Reddit, but they get a lot of uh, new players through their recruiting. And there, obviously, due to uh, all the different positions, you kind of have to scout everybody <laughs> because yeah. you know a lot of people want to be a QB. So oh, yeah. you know, you'll get new players that uh, QB, and you always have to ask them, okay, like we have a QB, would you just want to switch? And then you can slide in when they get called up. Um, so there's, at least in Bandai War Room, um, there's a lot more scouts that are reaching out to people. Um, and uh, Nicholas the Great, who uh, has a player in PB as well, he's actually on the crabs. <laughs> um, Is that Darkness's brother? Uh, I'm not sure. It, it very well could be. I um, think that is. Okay, well, they they have a great family line of simly <laughs> of simly <simulators>. users. <laughs> uh, but he does a really good job. Uh, there's a lot of interesting characters in Bondi Beach, and he kind of keeps everybody in line and makes sure nothing gets too out of hand. Well, that's good. Um, and yeah, you know, maybe there'll be a day where I uh, join ISFL, like. For me, though, I have, and, and you, we talked about this before we started uh, uh, streaming here or started recording here, but uh, you're, you're not a GM and HO guy. You're kind of like a updater, work in the background, you know, do some scouting yep. and, and watch your players succeed kind of guy. And, like, I'm kind of the opposite. I like having my hands in the, uh, in the transactional stuff, I guess, and, like, in the in the um, roster moves and trades and signings and everything like that. And so when I came, so I'm GM and GFSA and super casual. So, um, and GFSA was kind of because there's been some GM turnover and, and Dom wanted me to try to work on this team um, that has been struggling. So uh, that's, and, and it's been really, really fun so far. Um, and GFSA also uses Madden 08, which is my favorite Madden of all time. So love it. But, uh, you know, and then I came into PBE and I was like, you know, PBE is going to be like my selfish league. Like, I'm just going to focus on my player mostly. Like, I just want to be a really good player. You know, I want to earn as much as possible. While, I mean, I will, I won't like stick my heels into the sand and say, nope, you won't pay me enough. I'm going to leave. Like, I understand there's a, there's a salary cap and balancing act around salary and, and even salary in the PBE isn't as critical as like getting money through tasks and stuff. Right. So, uh, you know, PBE was supposed to be like my player league. Right. And then all the other leagues were supposed to be my like GM league where my player 
I put on the back burner. Like I still update them and and do um, activity checks and tasks, but like I don't pay my player on my other teams very well. You know, I I, I just don't like like I'd rather see my other uh, people succeed. Right. So now that I'm in PBE and kind of getting involved in the league a little bit more, it's it's like well then I kind of wiggled my way into the war room and now I've kind of got like the fever like oh maybe I could just I have a little bit more time maybe I could just be a co-GM <laughs> or something mm -hmm. like that that's the tough thing for me is I got this this uh GMing fever about me kind of the opposite of you I guess in some ways but uh, you know it, it it's all fun to me and I've personally been doing uh, I wouldn't say sim league stuff but I've been doing football simulation management Oh, for like 15 years. I mean, from video games. Like, pretty much after the age of like 10 or 11, I I didn't even play the games anymore. I just I just simulated them and and tried to build the best team I could with the <laughs> confines of the game. And sometimes they'd even set up like my own restrictions. Like, can't you know can't sign any free agents. Have to only build a team through the draft or something like that. You know. That was just how I've always been wired. So I know I'm weird. I'm a dork. But like, uh, so now I have that fever in PBE. And I'm like, well, maybe, you know, if something changes in the Hepcats, I'll be a, a co-GM. Speaking of which, uh, Blowpop has been the co-GM for the Hepcats. So congrats to him. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have a, a great uh, conclusion for that uh, segue. It was just saying that like, you know, I got the got the fever for PBE to like, oh man, I really want to be like wheeling and dealing and stuff, but I don't understand the mechanics of the league, and this is a lot more complex league than like super casual or GFSA. But nonetheless, that's kind of how you know I operate and how I think. But uh... yeah, for sure. I mean, when once you get that itch, it's it's hard to scratch or hard to not scratch, I should say. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely opportunities. There's always opportunities, um, in the minors and the majors people, you know, have real life stuff to do. And sometimes like, like even you said with, the uh, SCFSL, like they kind of just want to take a step back and maybe, you know, get told what to do by another person. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely keep, uh, keep your eyes open and maybe one day you'll you'll finally say okay like it's time i'm, I'm ready <laughs> yeah well well time will tell and um uh, you know i'm already like thinking about like my my next recreate and stuff like that like what i do differently mm -hmm. and things like that and maybe by that point in time i i could be a a gm like i always said i wouldn't be a gm and stuff and then it's like now i'm like ah oh, maybe i could be a gm that would be pretty fun <laughs> so um you know, I'm already kind of thinking one step ahead, I guess. But uh, um, what, I guess, I'll, I'll put you on the spot again here, Matt, so sorry about that. But uh, I guess what are your uh, individual player goals or Bark Murley's goals um, in, in PBE, and, and what are you proud of, and, and what are you happy about as far as how your player, how, you know, how the team, because um, you're on the crabs, right? So... Just let me know or tell me how you think um, your players like doing. You said you could be in contention for reliever of the year, which is 
which is an awesome award because there's so many good relievers in this league. Um, I guess just take me through that. Like, um, you know, what are your goals for your player? What do you want? What do you hope to accomplish and stuff? And, and, you know, would you recreate? And if so, who your next guy would be? Sure. So, um, coming in, I really wanted to be like a workhorse starting pitcher, like nothing like too crazy with my stuff. Just kind of go out, uh, be consistent and, but you know, I'm going out on the mound and you're going to, you're going to get what you're going to get. It's going to be, you know, three or four runs. Um, but like, just keep, keep it consistent. Uh, and then I got called up and they wanted me out of the bullpen and I was like, Oh, I get a free, uh, you know, free reroll for TPE. Let's, let's kind of play around and see what I can do. And so I kind of just made, um, bark, uh, like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, I would say like a setup like a really consistent setup like you're not gonna you're not gonna trust him for the end of the game but he's he's gonna get you there or close to it um and it turned out really well um he's racking up you know a lot of strikeouts a lot of uh, good innings but he's also really young so he's given up a lot of a lot more home runs than i would want him to um and just so, like my hitter strikes out way more than I'd want him to. And that was one of the yeah. things for my players. It's like, ah, I don't want to strike out that much. And it's mm-hmm. it's the worst when I see it on stream and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But he's he's been doing really well. Um, he's made the All-Star game the last two seasons. And he was really looking good for reliever of the year. But then... Uh, Matthew Paul kind of woke up the second half of the season and started doing his thing, striking out everybody that he sees. <laughs> but the good thing is, um, you know, the two people ahead of him, Matthew Paul and Alex Johnson, are getting towards the end. So hopefully um, we can either see Bark in the the pen next year even better and maybe take over that spot or if he's going to move on to starting pitcher he can start getting reps there and uh, moving back into that kind of dream of just being a workhorse where you know nothing too fancy just going out and doing work Um, but we'll have to see we're we're kind of playing around with some team composition right now on the crabs so not sure yet so i guess do you have any second thoughts or like are you looking to move back into the into the starting rotation or do you think you're going to be a forever bullpen guy now uh i think so right now it it we're kind of just thinking what's what's best for the team um we're trying our best to you know draft draft good uh pitchers that can kind of we can call up to the pen um but we didn't have any picks last year, so well, we didn't have any first-round picks last year, so there's kind of a little bit of a, a gap. Um, so we're going to see what happens with off-season free agency and the draft, and um, we'll probably make our decision 
um, towards the end of the off season, what, what's going to happen with them. Uh, okay. No, like I, I fit, you know, I like, I like both. It's, it's fun to kind of come out of the pen and be super dominant, but um, I also like kind of get my feet wet starting and um, being the guy that's, uh, you know, getting the wins and racking up all the innings pitched. Well, but you were you were kind of talking about uh, rec- recreates as well, and um, I, I was thinking about it too, just because you know we didn't make the playoffs, so I was like, hmm, would I recreate as a pitcher or a batter? And I I think it really kind of depends on um, you know what other recreates come out. Uh, I've always kind of thought about making a batter, but I don't really know too much about the batting steps that, so I'd have to play around a lot. Um, yeah, it's definitely fun to think about. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think batting is uh, is really fun. Um, there's a lot more, I mean, consistency in it than pitching. Like, mm-hmm. there are sometimes in a game, like on stream, where you don't see any, you know, where you don't see your player out there, I guess, right? So um, that is the nice thing about batting, but uh, there would be something nice, I mean, as a pitcher to just be able to, like, come in and lock things down. and Or if you're a starter, just to, like you said, just put out a, sh- a, sh- a shutout performance or, like, a lockdown performance with a lot of innings and a lot falls on you. Um, my interpretation, you know, of pitching, it feels like in out of the park when it rains, it pours, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, when things are looking bad for your player and on stream and everything like that, it just is like, oh, it's brutal to watch. But, like, um, you know, when it's when it's good and you're just dealing, like, that's a really fun thing to watch. Um, so I guess, uh, now, what? how many seasons have you done here um, for the Crabs or, or in, in the majors? This was my third major season. Okay. So. And then were you in the minors for three? That would be the only two. So that's my fifth full okay. season. So you still got a ways away for regression killing Mm -hmm. you and stuff like that. So obviously, you know, it's not like you'll recreate tomorrow necessarily, but it is kind of fun to think about. And and that's what I wonder too. It's like if, if things changed where I was a GM or something like that, would I, I feel like, I feel like relief pitcher is the best place to be as a GM. Um, Just because then you can have um, more, you can get more players on your team. I get like you're not taking up a a position like a starter position or a, a fielder batter um, that somebody else would want to be right because I don't think there's a shortage of of hitters necessarily all the time. Um, or I feel like people commonly create pitchers or excuse me batters um, more so than relief pitchers. Um, I could be wrong, but uh, anyway, um, I guess. How do you feel about the uh, crabs? Like you guys missed the playoffs and stuff, which which is not uh, fun. I I can definitely relate to that. But how do you feel about the crabs? Yeah, so I got drafted to the crabs, not really knowing anything about them. So I was kind of going in blind, and it's it. I think if if I was there when. Uh, you know, they had a, a winning team. Uh, and then we kind of 
dropped down to earth, it would have been a little bit different. But when I was there, it was kind of like, I wouldn't say the, the extreme floor, but it was on the decline. They they were coming off of a World Series, I want to say in um, season 18 or 19. And so I was there um, season 26. So they were kind of all their all their players that were on the World Series team were trickling out and they were starting that rebuild which were kind of still on the the first you know the first trimester of, of the rebuild um and growing our core and trying to draft good talent and uh build up our culture uh with the new GMs I mean that's that's uh, and, really what is it about is I think the culture is the the biggest aspect I mean I don't really have in the in the teams that I tolerate or GM not tolerate in the teams that I GM I really don't want to tolerate or or put up with um, you know a toxic nature or, or someone who's um, you know maybe not very uh, how do I want to put this nicely <laughs> not very like self aware or mm-hmm. uh, aware of like how their their words impact other people so. Um, you know, I try to keep a very, like, I'm very sarcastic, so it might be sometimes, like, if somebody can't detect that, they might think I'm a, I'm a total asshole. But, um, you know, I try to keep a fairly light and, and, and good attitude in all the locker rooms that I kind of oversee in the GM role. And I think that's a very critical aspect of GMing and, and team building um, is getting that those cultural fits, I guess. I mean, you, obviously you want good players in the process, great players even, but, um, you know... Yeah, necessarily want a a great player who's also going to um, turn off or dissuade other players from wanting to be as involved in the team, um, you know, because they're either just way over the top or you know just way too much or something like that. But um, well, so again with your with your player, would you rather we'll play the would you rather game here for the last ten minutes or so. Um, or we could talk about some other stuff, but uh, would you rather um, win a World Series or have a Hall of Fame career? And you can't say both because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably both. But, like, I guess, are you trying to – is, like, your goal at this point now that you've kind of got your third season under the belt, like, you just want to grind that TPE and upgrade your player to, to become a Hall of Famer? Or would you just be really happy, like, not necessarily becoming a Hall of Famer – having a, a solid career and a World Series win or two or whatever? So I think the most important thing for me is is definitely the World Series. That It's so hard to come by, um, and that whole team gets remembered and is, is in history. Um, you know, being in the Hall of Fame is great, um, but it's really nice to, to have something that you can – really share with the team and, and kind of uh, share with the league in general. Uh, but, like, I don't, I'm trying to think if there's there's a few people that really kind of grind for Hall of Fame, but it's, it's difficult because um, you really kind of have to put yourself first if, if you're going to grind for that. It's, it's better to just, like, you know, get on a team and, and contribute to the success and with that, you just hope you just you know cross your fingers for the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, and and from what I've seen, 
you know, even if you put all your TPE in the right places, right? It, it, there's still that, like, sim engine or sim luck factor, right? Like, like yeah, I could really go and grind this, and uh, and that should give me the best chances. But there's still, I've seen some scenarios where people are really, like, high-spent or high-TPE-spent players, but don't seem to pan out, you know, statistically, which is weird. But, I mean, that that's some of the nature of the beast with a with the same engine but you know baseball is is kind of an individual sport because it's really like it, it's really like a series of one-on-one matchups you have a pitcher and a batter and a one-on-one matchup and then once the ball's in play then it's a team sport again so it's kind of like mm-hmm. you have these yeah like these one-on-one matchups like a like a wrestling sport or a tennis sport or whatever where you're like in a duel you know, pitcher versus batter. And then as soon as the ball's in play, then it's like everyone has to, like, come together. So I think, you know, in baseball, you can technically be selfish and help the team. Um, But there's definitely, I think, like you said, there's things that you should, you know, if you want to win and your goal is to win, you can't always think about yourself. You know, but obviously a player who hits 350 and 30 home runs, you know, is a is a good player and like if they're focused on doing that that's gonna naturally help the team um so it, it is kind of interesting though like how you, you you balance team needs and like team direction so like you know for example at, at least i mean this is the minors so it's a, a little bit different because there's a cap but like in the minors you know i'm working with twitching i'm like okay what is the best way to spend because i'm gonna earn more than 350 that's just my goal i mean i want to be a good player and win games and a world series as well but to do that i don't think i can be a 350 catcher for the rest of my life so so my my question to like um enoch and and mostly twitchy to be honest is like okay so what what is the best build for the hepcats because you know once i hit the 350 you know i can't go anymore in the hepcats so what what helps the team the most you know um to win with with my player because I'm not really focused on okay maybe I end up at a 60 60 something BABIP or whatever like um or you know I'm not really focused on the short term I guess um because the short term at least in the minors should um benefit the team more than it does myself because at that point you know from my interpretation majors GMs don't scout based on stats. Like that just doesn't make any sense. They base they base it off of you know activity and earnings and personality type and that kind of stuff. Um, uh, so you know that's kind of a it, it's kind of a interesting balance balancing act between wanting to be a team player versus a Hall of Fame player. But I think you can do both. Like I think you can be a little like like selfish or a little um, more player focused as long as it fits within the structure or like the, the vision for the team. So it, it's, it's, it's crazy. And that's why baseball is one of my favorite sports is because it's, it's, it's the pace is always changing. Like you have this slowed down, like bogged down pace. And then all of a sudden, boom, things happen so fast. And then you re- reset and do it again. And like, and then there's all these nuances that, you know, like, base running and and hitting and pitching like it's 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 really incredible to me at least i i think so and that's why it's one of my favorite sports i mean i watch football and, and love football all the time but baseball's my my tops and that's the one i played the most in my younger days but yeah 
Yeah, and I think you nailed it. Um, you definitely have the right person to go to in Twitch. He can hook you up with the uh, oh, the Twitch is the man. The wit build. Yeah. Beast. Um, yeah, he, he was. But yeah, like he's kind of struggling we, in the minors though, um, or in this first or first season or two in the majors. But I think that it's going to change pretty fast. Yeah, batting in the majors and starting pitching in the majors is a rough first couple of seasons if you're yeah. not at you know seven hundred. TPE already, um, but yeah, you you really hit the nail on the head, and I think we're the same way. Where, like, you want to be successful, but also successful within the team. Um, you know, your GMs might ask you to give something up, and hopefully, you know, you say yes, and and they work with you and say, okay, well, you're gonna boost your if you boost your defense, you're gonna you know, we'll be able to throw more batters out or more runners out um but also you know you can bump this babip and you know it might not be maxed out but you're still gonna contribute and it's more important that you know you're throwing runners out or you're you're throwing more controlled pitches than you know hitting home runs with no one on base <laughs> yep so yeah i think it, it it's a nice little melting pot of catering your needs with the the team needs well, so um, we have pretty much met time to this point, but I, I wanted to leave you with one question here that we could debate because it's fresh in my mind from doing the task yesterday. Um, and since you're a pitcher, um, I got a question for you about something. I think it happened It happened well before your time and in, in, in my time in league, but um, I wanted to debate this. I'm not a, a pitcher, but one of the topics um, for – that uh, I can't remember what they call it, um, the, the task, you know, where you can do four tasks and earn up to 10 TPE, like a big journal yep, task or whatever. Championship week. Yep, championship week task. So so one of them I, that, that I did, and, and I'm not a graphic guy, so I just did all the writing ones, or all mine were writing ones. Um, and one of them I did was uh, um, the best pitching performance. And, and you can debate this, and I'm sorry I didn't use your player. I know you had a good season. Um, but I, I did not use your player, so I apologize. But um, for me, I had uh, I had a pitcher and spacing on the name right now. But I guess let me uh, see who you've got for your um, top pitcher, and I'll, I'll uh, find who I put. But did you have anything in mind for, like, who you thought, you know, as a pitcher yourself, like, who's done it the best? Um, in a single season or a postseason or or even a career? Like, do you have a, a PBE pitcher, I guess, that you think is just the bomb? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because, uh, like, every offseason I go and, and look through the index and I'm like, all right, I'm going to look at this, see, you know, their stats, and then look through their update page and see what they did, like, where, where I'm at in their career. Um, and there, there's been archetype changes, so I've kind of limited it to more recent pitchers. Yep. Um, so right now I'm kind of building my player off of uh, Billy Greer, who okay. has, you know, he's probably going to win Pitcher of the Year this year, and he has the same um, archetype as me. Um, but also a little bit off of um, a player on Providence, 
and one of my favorite users in the PB, uh, her name's Dren, and her player is Ivy Leaf. And she was like one of the youngest players to throw a no hitter for Maui, which was a struggling team. So it's it's like even more impressive. So I kind of have like a mix, like Frankenstein between uh, those two players as the ones that I look up to and kind of build my player around. Okay. So for this, I finally, I finally found it because I could, I was spacing on, I knew the first name was Guy. So, um, there's a player. Guy Walker. Yep. Guy Walker. I, Mm -hmm. I had him down as the best single season, but it wasn't maybe the season you think. So he has the record for highest war, um, in a single season, but I actually had the season before he still had like a 7.3 war, which is amazing, um, for a Mm -hmm. pitcher. And he had a, that's where he had – I think he set the strikeout record at that time at 244, and right now it's at 249, so it it stood for like five seasons or so. But he was my argument for the most um, impressive single-season pitching performance because um, he was like a 2.27 ERA, like 244 Ks. Like to put it in – my argument was basically the, the record holder or the person who broke the record for strikeouts um, – had like a three five ER, which which is a good ERA, but like I would rather take five fewer strikeouts in a whole ERA point less personally if I was a pitcher. So that was my take, unless there was somebody I you know I had overlooked, but but in my eyes, kind of looking through the index and everything, you know, Guy Walker in that um, I think it was S thirteen, um, where he had a, yeah two twenty seven ERA and two hundred and forty four strikeouts. You know the the following season he actually had two more wins, but wins is kind of a team stat. He had about the same ERA as well, but um twenty fewer strikeouts. And I think for pitcher war, I think wins have some kind of factor into it. So you know I th- said that S thirteen was the best single season performance, and and you know honestly like his S fourteen one could be argued the same. But I guess is there a is there a pitching performance that you thought like in a season or since you've been in, involved in the league and been looking through the index and stuff, has there been anything that you've seen that's like, Oh no, Dustin, you completely missed out on this guy. So it's funny that you actually mentioned that because, uh, Shu who does these insane, uh, stat articles where he like parses through the index and, you know, has these lists of the best pitcher of the year, the best, you know, yep. performance, the best MVPs. He, I'm trying to look at the date on this. I think he was like near the end of August. He put, um, oh, it was actually September 6th, where, you know, it's the best pitching year. And his top one was Ed Barker, um, who's the user Wombat. And it's it's just crazy, like, what he did that year. Uh, first in ERA, first in whip, uh, first in war, third in strikeouts. It, it, it's just, like, so dominant. Um, yeah, you, you can't really compare it to anybody else because a lot of pitchers... What was his ERA? Were, uh, I'm tra- let's see, it was 1.84. Damn, that's <laughs> like, crazy. Unless unless you're in the bullpen, it's almost impossible to do that um, as a starter. And this was later in uh, PBE time, and this was season 18. Okay, so, so the batters were much more developed. 
Because that's the thing I've noticed is like the early yeah. early PBE, it was heavily pitcher slanted, and mm-hmm. now it's getting heavily batter slanted. Like it's really hard to be a pitcher. I'm a good pitcher. That's why I like commend you because like it's it's just genuinely difficult to pitch. Like like three and a half is a good ERA. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is there's so it once you get to those high TPE levels. You know, you're going to have really OP pitching builds and really OP batting builds. And when those OP pitching builds go up against, um, you know, like kind of middle of the road TPE, it's so dominant. And then you're going up against those really good builds and it's, you know, kind of a 50-50. So whoever wins that matchup is, you know, going to be like, oh, they're they're too good. But it's really just um, nature of the know, luck of the draw. Yeah. And then, you know, beating those matchups that you should be doing um but yeah like this this year is just crazy and it's gonna be really definitely i'll definitely have to look into that season like i said i was kind of looking um you know uh guy walker still holds the single season war record so i was looking into him Mm -hmm. and i was originally going to say the season where he had that record but then you know i was like man he set the single season strikeout record and and had like a 227 ERA because it seems like sometimes the high strikeout throwers like the they they sacrifice a little bit of ERA like they get burned every now and again you know is what it seems mm-hmm. like um so that's why he had my um kind of vote for that but I'll have to check into that one because that definitely sounds like a really dominant season like um I don't think you know so to go from like say a four ERA to a three and a half you know that's like that's that's like pretty good that's like a half point swing but to me and i know like by the numbers it doesn't it it isn't that big of a differential but to me to go from like a two two seven down to like a one eight even though that's about a 0.5 ERA change like that's a huge step it's like Mm -hmm. it gets exponentially harder in my eyes in the game of baseball to keep dropping your era like it's so challenging. I know mathematically it's not like that, but but just with the uh, with how how hitting can be and and you know how like you said you run into those really really elite batters um, can be like I don't know that that's uh that's incredible that one one eight ERA so yeah definitely and the thing like uh, my second season I had like a 2.0 something something and i was like what this can't be real and this season i was like all right i gotta i gotta beat that but it's just it's just so like it's so hard to do because you know you give up one one run in in nine innings is just crazy or even two runs yeah i mean it's crazy to think about and and the flip side like the batting side so i felt like and and everyone in the locker room kind of says the same thing that like a lot of us rookies over overperformed. You know, we had a, mm-hmm. a rookie batter. I mean, in the minors, so um, I think it's a little bit easier to hit in the minors successfully sooner. But still, like we had a first year guy who was I don't even know if he hit 200 TPE or not. I think he got close, but like he hit 320. You know, I hit 294. Like I'm like and like you, I'm like all right, next year I got to be better. But it's like that might be tough to do. Like even though I'll have a higher BABIP and and gap and power throughout um the whole season, like 
there's that sim nature and 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 I think that's kind of the nice thing is that it, you know out of the park is trying to chase, stay true to baseball and like even if pitchers improve or get better or hitters improve um you know there's sometimes that's just that's just baseball man you like hitting balls hard into the in in right into the pitcher or right into the gloves of the defenders or outfielders or infielders or whatever and then you know sometimes too when you're pitching like you're putting them right in the spots where you need to be but then somebody just bloops a single like over the third baseman or first baseman's head you know and like that's that's just that's this the thing about baseball it's like a game of failure <laughs> yep yeah, so you said it well well um you know, I think we're going to wrap things up here. We, we we talked a lot about some good stuff, so it was uh, great having you on the podcast. And, and again, you know, we talked about it on, you know, almost an hour ago now. But, uh, again, congratulations to the Chicago Kingpins uh, winning their first Miners uh, World Series, I believe. And yep. um, also congratulations to OBX, uh, Outer Banks Aviators, for uh, winning back-to-back World Series. So not an easy accomplishment. Um, obviously, you know, you and I have some relationship with Enoch, so he's the New York Voyagers GM, so I would be very surprised if I don't see some uh, noise from New York here in the next couple seasons as well. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, offseason plays out and how the uh, following ups, uh, or regular season upcoming is. Um, I think we'll conclude it for this week's episode, and hopefully I can get it uploaded here before the end of the night so I can get credit for it and you as well and uh yeah we'll i'll do it again next week we'll see if it's enoch and and you know matt you're more than welcome to uh, uh dial in or or uh dm me i guess to uh get on the podcast loved having you and picking your brain yeah maybe we can do a like a draft recap something next week that'll be fun yeah that would be fun um maybe we could plan that on sunday because i think it'll be probably i think for me i got drafted on a saturday or the stream was on a saturday so. The majors will be uh, next Thursday, and then minors will be on Saturday. Okay, sounds mm-hmm. good. Well, um, maybe we should probably wait for the after the minors, just because there might be a few, um, you know, recreates and key players we want to highlight there. But uh, um, we could definitely focus a lot on the uh, majors draft. But maybe Sunday night or Saturday, you know, after all the NFL games and stuff, kind of like today, we can do it again. Yep. Sounds good. Well, uh, great to have you on. And to everyone listening, thanks for doing so. And we'll be looking forward to seeing you next week.